Hi, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode. I think this will be episode 11 of Words, Images, and Worlds, a podcast where we talk to authors, creators, and artists. And today is Easter Sunday. I'm pleasantly joined by Mark Russell. Mark, thank you so much. Is it okay if I call you Mark? Absolutely. I do not stand on formality. Right. All right. I am enjoying the... Uh, vibes that i'm getting from your space i know people won't be able to see it on the podcast i'm in front of a digital library but you have some uh looks like some really nice books stacked there and some comics art yeah, on the wall very sloppily arranged library but a library nonetheless and uh though you can't see us at home i got some artwork on the wall uh some original uh, artwork ink drawings from uh from exit stage left the snagglepuss Chronicles. nice nice very nice I think my first introduction to your work, I was at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, and my advisor was a comics scholar, literacy person. And he would always tell me about the cool things he was reading. He was the person that introduced me to American Born Chinese and a lot of other really, really notable works. And I went in one day and I said, so what are you reading? Because I knew he was always interested in in cool things. And he said, the Flintstones. And I was like, I was joking. Yeah, I was like, really? Really? Uh, and then he was like, no, you, you don't understand. You got to read this. And so uh, I read it and I thought, what a unique, you know, satiric take. I loved it. Uh, you, you seem to have a talent for satire and a talent for seeing stories in new ways. Um, so with that, I, I guess the first question is, where do those kind of ideas come from? It's a very Ray Bradbury kind of question. Where do those yeah, come from? Yeah, and, and I think they probably come from the same place as Ray Bradbury, which is like sort of my my fear of societal collapse or my my terror at the things I think the human race is doing wrong that are going to send us careening over the waterfall on the raft and what we need to do to get off the raft. I think that's probably the 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 font from which my ideas flow. Uh, so some cautionary tales, some cautionary. Yeah, tales. and I think also just you know, uh, looking at if you approach the human race and human history as a raft ride heading towards a waterfall, it mm -hmm. it opens up so many other questions. Like, well, what is it we're trying to save that's worth saving on this raft? And I think that's a big part of it too. It's like not just what are we doing wrong, but what is it about us that's worth saving. And then also, what are we doing wrong and how do we get off this goddamn raft? <laughs> yeah, that's I, because immediately my mind, if you're talking about a raft heading toward a waterfall, I'm like, that's some some, you know, kind of the, the darker side of humanity. But I love that idea of like who gets to stay on the raft and how does the raft work and what who what's with this guy that wants to throw people off of the raft for no reason you know it's yeah, those kind I of questions the big problem with getting people off the raft or swimming for the shore is that the raft has gotten us this far and you know people are comfortable on the raft so it's like it's like convincing people that it's heading for waterfalls diff difficult when it's like well i've i've lived my whole life on this raft and it's you know given me a lot of good things right Right. Uh, very Plato's cave, but with a yeah, raft. Yeah, like Mark's that. raft. Yeah, I like that. Mark's <laughs> raft. I like it. Um, so what got you on this path of thinking about the world and, and representing it in, in comics, particularly, but in the written word? Well, I started out as a prose writer. I always imagined that that would be my career, just writing, you know, uh, writing literary novels that no one would ever read. Um, 
but then I got the opportunity in 2015 to write a comic book called Prez, which is about the, the first, world's first teenage president. Mm-hmm. And I realized that this was what really a much more natural venue for my writing than prose was because one, I hate writing visual descriptions of scenes and I get to just dump all of that onto someone else's plate, which is nice. Uh, and also just because people do read them because they do, uh, they do people buy them and, and you are, uh, you have an audience that's available to you. That's not necessarily available to you uh, in, in literary prose. And also the people that are reading the comics tend, a lot of them tend to be, you know, younger first readers. It tends to be, this is like people's introduction to, to reading. So you're getting people at a much more vulnerable, much more um, anxious, eager state of readership than you are when you're writing literary novels for people who are, you know, grad school or something or, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I feel like in terms of what I want to write about the things I want to say, about the human condition, the audience is better for a graphic novel than it is for you know, some some prose novel. Nothing against prose, and I would love to write, go back to prose someday, um, if only for a book or two. But I really found that like writing graphic novels was a much better outlet for my creativity when I started doing it. I always appreciate it when I see uh, a comics writer and of course the storytelling there uh, is there, all the pieces are there, but then, you know, I sort of look them up on Amazon or wherever, and there are these novels out there as well. Yeah, It's, uh, it's a common story. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people before they got into comics or after they got into comics have written prose novels. I, I think, you know, it's important to think of yourself, not necessarily as a comic book writer or as a prose writer, but just to think of yourself as a writer. And just find the, the, the medium that's right for the story you're telling if you if you have the luxury of doing so. Yeah, I like, I like that idea. I like that. Um, any particular book or author that got you connected to it and you're like, oh, I got to do what that person does? Well, I think, you know, I started out writing, sort of emulating authors who were important to me as a mm-hmm. kid. You know, and I started, I, I think my, my, writings college was you know ray bradbury and ursula kayla gwynn and kurt vonnegut and uh through writing you tend to find your own voice you tend to realize what it is that you liked about those authors and then you know meld it into what you like about your own voice and you create you, you create yourself as you go along i think when you're a writer which is i think one of the really great things about writing whether you're doing it professionally or not is it is a form of uh, self-invention is a form of like figuring out who you are and what it is you really care about which most you know people don't have the time to engage in the sort of reflection to ever answer these questions and it's sad because then they end up dying or living the majority of their life uh, just sort of being a repository of other people's expectations of them but when you write it forces you to conscientiously think about what it is you have to say and why that that matters to you. I was also a Bradbury fan, uh, and Vonnegut. Vonnegut appealed to like the angry teenager I once was, and now uh, Vonnegut appeals to the angry adult that I am. I think during the pandemic, uh, early days, Vonnegut was one of the places where I was like, I need to go back and read that guy. Yeah, I think of... if I had a, a you know a problem with Vonnegut when I started reading, it was like, oh, he's just so pessimistic. 
And now if I have a problem with him, it's like, oh, I don't think he's pessimistic enough. <laughs> yeah. Know? I feel like the world has sort of outflanked his pessimism. True, true, true. Yeah. Um, so any collaborations, any titles that have been particularly meaningful so far? I know I mentioned the Flintstones, which was my introduction, currently enjoying Superman, Space Age. Um Flintstones was a huge title in my career, not only because it, you know, made the comics community aware of me and it's probably it was like my sort of breakout title, but also because it introduced me to a lot of the people I would collaborate with, you know, uh since. Steve being obvious the obvious name, Steve Pugh and I have worked on numerous titles since then. Superman versus Imperious Lex, uh Billionaire Island, both volumes, and I'm sure we'll continue to work together into the future but also you know the editors i worked with on the flintstones uh, marie javens is the uh, editor at dc who discovered me and uh, invited me to, to come write prez and she was my editor on, on flintstones so you know we we've we've worked together a lot and she's had a very formative effect on on who i am as a comics creator uh, and also Brittany holzer uh who was the assistant editor on the flintstones and i've worked with as an editor a lot at dc uh most mm -hmm. recently with superman space age like all uh but yeah it was a very uh fateful title for me to work on because i met so many people that have become people that i love working with and i've worked with on many titles in my career i remember seeing the the cover of superman space age before i realized you were on it and of course mike allred's art i mean i see it yeah. and i'm like hey what, yeah, what is it. going on with that yeah you it can't pops. um and then i saw your name on it and i was like well i'm gonna get i'm gonna get a fresh take and it's uh i would say the best superman story i've read since uh i mean gene lin yang's uh smash the clan was of course a really really strong book but uh, one of the best Superman titles that I've read in a long time, I would say. Well, thank you. Yeah, it meant a lot to me to be able to write that and to be able to work with an artist of Mike's caliber. It's just amazing. Um, and I think that the the secret sauce for Superman Space Age was, even though it happens in an alternate universe, to treat it so, so that that universe is more like our own than the universe you normally get in a Superman comic. Because even in the 60s and the 70s, when they were writing Superman comics, they weren't really aware of themselves as writing Superman against the backdrop of human history. They weren't thinking, well, these are important historic events that Superman would be dealing with in the 60s mm -hmm. and 70s. He sort of existed out of space and time. But I wanted to go back and write a story about Superman actually living in the world of the 1960s and the 1970s and what he would be doing against the backdrop of like the Vietnam War, Watergate, and, you know, the Kennedy assassination. Definitely worth exploring the the last issue that came out. I think it's been about a month ago now, February 21st or so. Um, so I was excited to see that that was not only one book, but a series of books that, that came out. Yeah, it's, uh, in fact, the collected uh, book with all three of the you know the 60s the 70s and the 80s uh volumes is going to come out on uh the may 6th mark that down uh any any other are there any other upcoming titles um characters you want to share about or storylines that you're 
developing at the moment. No spoilers, of course. I know that there are agreements that people have to keep to, but any anything like that that you want to promo or any spaces online that you want to share with listeners so they can go and learn more. Yeah, you know, I'm working on a new title with AWA, who published Not All Robots, um, uh, but I'm working on a new title with them called Rumpus Room, which is about a uh, billionaire who locks people who cross him in his rumpus room. Uh, and where he has them, you know, one by one, uh, he has them crushed and turned into like a really excellent skin cream. Uh, oh, but wow. he lets them vote on who the next person he crushed is. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, art by Ramon Rosanas. Uh, so, and his art looks excellent. So I'm excited for people to see that later this year. Uh, also, I'm working on an as of yet unannounced title, which I'm also really looking forward to people seeing about. Uh, a silent film comedian. Um, so I, I can't talk too much about it, but that's in the pipeline as well. Awesome, awesome, and wonderful. That's be coming out through uh, through Dark Horse, which will be my first ever title I've ever done for Dark Horse. So excited for that! And I like their stuff. They publish really. Yeah. I mean, when I started reading comics in the late '80s and early '90s, it was a little beyond where I was in my life, but I was always fascinated with Dark Horse titles. Yeah, they do an incredibly good job curating their their uh, catalog and the editorial decisions there are, are usually very good so I've, they're a company I, i'm kind of amazed i haven't worked with them before but i've always i've always looked forward to doing a dark horse title but now i finally get to do one black black hammer is just fascinating but um yeah i i won't keep you anything else that you want to share as far as spaces people can visit sounds like you have lots of exciting projects coming up yeah um well, one thing I want to I want to uh, bring up to people is that I currently have a live Kickstarter campaign for my first ever collection of cartoons. It's called Bunk Bed Mishaps, and I normally don't get to impose my cartoons, my own artwork, on people, but I'm really proud of these. They represent like a very specific part of my brain. So mm-hmm. I hope people who maybe have enjoyed my writing will check this out as well. Uh, so go to Kickstarter and just search Bunk Bed Mishaps. And you'll find it there. And I, I hope I hope you'll at least read some of the cartoons and check it out if, if even if you don't get a book. Yeah, I will. Um, there's a nice little link space that I can provide stuff like that in at the okay. bottom with the description on the episode. So I'll link the Kickstarter down there. And uh, fascinating work, social commentary. Again, I appreciate the talent for satire, and it sounds like those literary elements are coming coming through and. You're doing uh, really interesting stuff. So, Well, thank you, Jason. Thanks very much. And uh, that concludes another episode. Go check out some Flintstones, Superman Space Age, Kickstarter, uh, and other things.